spoke about being in the presence of God is that even if it's just a moment of refreshing and just a moment of that sense of a release, it is at, at that moment that I can recognize that, you know what, God is still in control and God is still able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. Well, we are growing. Apostolic legacy, and that means that we are, in fact, uh, hopefully growing uh, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, and we have a great apostolic legacy. Now, about those cards, did everybody uh, get one from last week? And if you didn't get one and you need another one, you're welcome to. Let me see your hands. I'm sorry, ushers. I, uh, I shouldn't have put them both back there, but here's one. Brother Gators didn't get one. There's some others, Brother uh, Doug Predmore, uh, others, and any of our guests, you're welcome to have one. Uh, the basically, uh, the, the main part of this card is um, that on the back, we, we put the church uh, sort of logo on it in service times, uh, but Brother George Shirley over, over here, Brother Predmore I know, Doug and uh, some others, and I don't know if there's any over here. We have some more available. Um, we talked last week about worship. I talked last week about uh, praying, and we talked last week about the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we began. And so we kind of had a lot of things going on. Then we gave out Bible reading charts in the midst, at the end of all of it. So the whole service last week was upside down, and I guess today is just as bad given the fact that we've got supper, lunch, and cake auctions and everybody's got visions of uh, sugar plums dancing in their head and, and going over and looking at all the cakes and I understand and we're glad everybody is here and, and uh, I don't want to stand in the way of all those cakes and uh, anyway but we're glad you're here. But I talked about praying the five daily prayers and I, uh, I gave you that card that had uh, the back of that church card and basically it said live to glorify God and uh, learn to reflect and lift and encourage. Love the word of God and lead in faith. That's on the back of that card that we gave you last week. I hope you've been praying those prayers. I hope you uh, have been praying some kind of a prayer in those fashions uh, this week. Like, Lord, I want my life to bring you glory. Lord, I want to bring you glory. Lord, I want to glorify you. And then, Lord, I want you to help me to see me the way you see me. I want you to search me, know my thoughts, know my mind, know my heart. I want you to help my Touch my tongue, Lord. I want to be an encourager. I want to bless more. I don't want to be one that's always, uh, you know, in everything, give what? Thanks. And, and I know 
uh, we can all feel bad and we can all talk about, you know, how uh, gray it is. And I guess uh, the old Winnie the Pooh uh, a book that we used to read, his name was Eeyore, I think it was. And, and when you read Eeyore's lines, you just kind of had to read them in a, because he had a little gray cloud hanging over his head. And you know how it's like uh, Eeyore. And uh, uh, there was that sense of, uh, woe is me, and isn't life hard, and isn't it terrible, and, and what's going on? And, and uh, to be candid with you, um, not too many people enjoy being around somebody that way. I mean, you know, we can take a little bit of it, and, uh, and yet if, uh, if all I do is moan and groan and, uh, and complain, before long I, I want to know, well, you know, uh, is there anything good in your life? Uh, you know, did you uh, uh, have a good, cool drink of water today, maybe? Uh, is there anything that all that happened? And uh, so that sense of lift and encourage, and sometimes you have to encourage yourself, and uh, you have to do that. In fact, the Bible uses a story about David who uh, came in and the enemy had run over their town and taken their wives and children captive and burned their houses and, and everybody was upset and he lost his and everybody lost all of his army and he was upset and yet the Bible says David encouraged himself. He grabbed and he started saying, come on, let's go get them. And they did. They went and uh, chased them and conquered them and, and returned all of their stuff. So, you know, uh, that's important to be a, a lifter and an encourager and then to love the Word of God and how important that is and then to lead in faith. And I know all of those things are uh, important parts of our uh, prayer. And I mentioned about just praying in the Holy Ghost and building yourself up on your most holy faith. And actually, uh, Sheena, uh, Saturday morning, began to kind of teach about some of these. And I thought, you know, uh, I didn't spend the time that I should. And I knew I didn't have a long time today. But these four these five principles uh, are really principles that we could spend a week on or more or lessons on, several lessons on. But uh, how important it is to, in fact, glorify the Lord and to bring God glory. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Paul wrote in Romans, the first chapter and the uh, I mean the 15th chapter verses 1 through 9 and I didn't put all of the verses there but in Romans 15 1 through 9 he said we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Wow that's um, uh, you know we ought to help somebody else. Now that's, you know, we, I know society wants to tell us that, but we're living in a, in a very selfish hour. And he said, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. So uh, should we get up every morning and try to do something to help our neighbor, to try to help uh, those around us? Now, 
Why that's so important is Paul has been teaching in Romans 14 about what is sin and all these things and, and all this. And he comes to 15 and he said we ought to please our neighbor. And he goes on down in this first part of this chapter and he said the God of patience and consolation be... Uh, Wow, and I, I don't have a whole lot of patience and consolation. I don't know that I have a whole lot of that, you know, uh, consoling and trying to help and, and helping and putting your hand. And he said, grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Jesus Christ, that you may with one mind and one mouth do what? Glorify God. What do you mean that somehow we can help encourage people around us to glorify God is what he is saying. He is saying that it is part of our responsibility that if you run into Eeyore to say, hey, Eeyore, <laughs> aren't you glad that, you know, one of these days we're going to take a trip on the good old gospel ship? that I have something to try to get Eeyore thinking about something good. That I want to give him, bring them into edification, patience, and consolation, and try to get them to, with one mind and one mouth, glorify God. Wherefore, receive you one another as Christ received us to the glory of God. And then he goes on to say that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And so he was not talking about just, you know, to the church at Rome and it was made up of Jews and Gentiles and he was saying you want people to see your life and read your life and go something's different about you something about you something why are you smiling why do you feel like you know that I just don't understand I want you to you know when you don't realize we're going from bondage into something else and terrible and times are bad and there's wars and rumors of wars and there's a global warming and that polar ice cap but you have a smile on your face what's going on with you well I'm here to live my life to glorify the Lord I know the Lord's coming soon I don't know the day or the hour but I'm excited about where I am and what's going on you say well don't you realize you've got coronavirus and you've got Man, yeah, you got, you know, people that wrote things 200 years ago and said the democracy's going down, America's going to sink. But you know what? God's coming again. <laughs> Let me just tell you, the Lord's coming again. This hasn't caught him off guard for one moment. You need to recognize that the Lord knows exactly where I am, what I'm going through. Oh, God is good all the time. I don't care how you want to look at it, what you want to say. I'm talking about I want to glorify God. What Paul later said in Corinthians, he said, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of what? The Holy Ghost, which is in you which you have of God, and you don't even belong to yourself. Now, I thought I could do what I want. I can live like I want. I can act like I want. 
I don't know, I don't owe anybody anything. You can't tell me what to do. Nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, as Paul told the Corinthians, he said, you don't belong to yourself. If you have the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden you are no longer your own. It's not about, well, what do I want to do? It's not about, well, how do I feel? Well, what do I think? Because all of a sudden I am bought with a price. And so he said, therefore, do what? Glorify God. Well, I'll, I'll think of a glory statement. What did he? Paul was specific enough to say, glorify God in what? Your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Wow. When we stop and think about that, what Paul was saying is, I live, I live to glorify you. I need to glorify God. It's not just need, I don't, I owe it to God. You know, we used to make fun of the little song that they sang in Snow White. I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. Instead of hi-ho, hi-ho, it was I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. But sometimes we get very self-centered. We get to selfish. We get to thinking that this is all about me. And this is all about what I want. And this is all about how I feel. And, you know, Brother Wells has been coming here in pain. I didn't realize it all the days he came in, in pain. I watched him stand numerous times and, and, and raise his hands and praise the Lord. I didn't realize how painful it was every time he stood up. But you know what? There was something about it whenever in the middle of a sermon and he would begin to feel the touch of the Holy Ghost and raise his hand and begin to worship the Lord. You know, I, I, guess what? I'm sorry. I just can't sit here anymore. I know it's hurting, but you know what? I owe God my life. I owe him my praise. I owe I owe him my worship. I owe him every part of me. I owe the Lord. I must praise him. I'm sorry. I have to glorify God. It is not something that I, I can say, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not so sure I want to or not. It's not about whether I want to. It's about I owe him. That's why Simon Peter wrote, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they might be made by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Wow. He said, I want you to rein that in. Submit to every ordinance of the man. I, I, don't, I, I don't like what they're saying. I don't, I don't have to obey them. They're, they don't tell me. He said, do it as unto the Lord. You know, there are so many times, and I, I've told students, I, I've told young folks, I, whether you work a job, whether you go to a class, every time, when you know, it's not about whether or not you want to do the homework. It's not about whether or not you want to do your best. It is about, I work this as unto the Lord. Why? 
Because it is my testimony that I want people to see me and glorify God. The Bible says, Paul later wrote, he said, you are living epistles, living works of God, known and read of everyone. And I understand. I, I've had bad neighbors. I've had people that, you know, I, you know, oh Lord, I, I don't know. We got off on the wrong foot and it's been bad and it's been this. And I, I get it. It's not easy sometimes. And I've said, oh, I, I've messed up. I've, I've, you know, I've acted whenever I shouldn't have. And I've spoken when I, I shouldn't have. And I've had to say, Lord, help me because I need to glorify you in everything that I do. That's why my first prayer is, Lord, help me to glorify you today. Second prayer, it doesn't take uh, an hour to pray that. It doesn't take very long. But the second prayer is I need to learn who I am and I need to see me through your eyes. And of course, I quoted it in the prayer that I wrote. But Psalms uh, 139th chapter, the last verse, last two verses, 23 and 24, where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Of course, you have to, and I've preached on this psalm, and I don't want to re-preach that sermon, uh, Psalms 139. But when you look at Psalms 139, David opens up by saying, Lord, you know my thoughts, you know my heart, you know what I think when I go to bed, you know everything about me. You're omniscient, Lord. And then he switches gears and he talks about you, God, are omnipresent. You know, you know, you are everywhere. If I go to hell, if I go to lay it down in the bed, if I, wherever I am, you know where I am. And then he goes on further. He was basically saying, Lord, you know me internally, you know me externally. And then he is saying, God, you're all powerful. You know everything. You know how many hair. You know all of that. And then when you read the 139th Psalm, he then says, but I hate some folks. <laughs> and he said, it's a perfect hatred. I, I can't always say I've had perfect hatred, but he said, I really don't like some of these folks. They've been mean. They talk about you. They do bad things. You read 139th Psalm, he kind of he has 18 verses of just talking about how big and how great and how powerful God is. And then he just sort of says, now by the way, I hate some feet, folks. You need to get them. <laughs> I'd like for you. Could I watch as you get them? <laughs> and then he turns it back on himself. And he's basically ending it after he says he hates him and says, search me, oh God. Why? Because I can get off track so easy. Well, not me, pastor. I could come and sit in church and be off track. I thank God I am not like some of these other folks that are here. You remember Jesus telling that story? This is not me and I don't like it. And yet a tax collector says, oh God, 
What? Remember in Matthew? Be merciful to me. <laughs> ah. Why? Because at some point, <laughs> I want, I need, I must have. Lord, search me. Show me if there's anything in me. I need you to get it out, Lord, before it grows into a mighty tree. Grows into a mighty... Pro huh? Oh, praise God. I, I don't want to learn who I am at the hands of whatever. I, I, I want God to keep me in line, keep me cleansed, keep my mind, keep my heart keep my spirit, keep my attitude, keep my emotions. Why? Because I, we, are, we are living in the hour of the dragon, the red dragon of Revelation, and he's breathing fire, and the enemy knows how to sow a seed in anger and frustration and mad, and, and, and I, 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 I'm amazed every day as I pick up the news and I read about whatever, wherever, whether it's Columbus or wherever in America where somebody saw somebody and they got angry and they didn't like it, and that parking space or something else and they take a gun and I'm thinking why because we are living in a dragon hour yes. Yes. where I'm so full that the moment something happens I'm off the edge and I'm over the cliff and I'm there I am there and I I know you all aren't there but we're living in a society that goes from zero to 120 miles an hour in .000 seconds. <laughs> huh? Just accidentally, you know, pull over in front of somebody or accidentally pull in front of somebody that thinks that you're going to take their parking space. I, just the other day here in big town Newark, I just turned down a row and, and a guy started flashing his lights at me. I wasn't even fixing the park. I was leaving the lot. <laughs> I, I okay, it's your spot. I don't want it. I thought, man, you know, and the devilman in me wanted to just see if I accidentally, you know, started turning in there, what would happen? But I, I knew better. I knew better. I was getting forewarned. Amen. Search me, oh God. That's the second one. I, oh, let's go. Third one is, Lord, I want to be a lifter. I want to be an encourager. I want, to, I want to lift somebody up. Therefore, comfort yourselves together. Edify one another, even as so you do, even as also you do. The Amplified said, therefore, encourage Admonish, exhort one another, edify, strengthen, build up one another, just as you are doing. What are you saying? It's our responsibility to try to encourage somebody. You say, well, it doesn't always happen. I know. I, I fail at it a lot. 
you know, I'll say things and do things and think, well, that probably wasn't very encouraging, feel bad. But, oh, God, help me every day. When I get up, I want to be somebody that lifts somebody up. I want to try to do something to encourage somebody. Oh, well, they ought to encourage me. Well, praise the Lord. If you want somebody to encourage you, be an encourager. As I say, if you want to have friends, what? Give friendship. <laughs> you do it. Be one. You know, and there are, there are people in the Bible and Barnabas and others that were known as just people that were always there to encourage and, and always there to strengthen and lift. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul said it like this. He gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the... Well, I'm glad I'm not one of those five. Oh, pastors are in there. Sorry. I got to be one now. I'm supposed to edify the body of Christ. I'm supposed to be the one to strengthen the body of Christ. Well, if you keep reading, not only did he say that was for apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers are supposed to perfect us and for the edifying. When you really read that verse, it didn't say that all of those were supposed to be the ones to edify. It said for the perfecting of the saints so they will do the work of the ministry. So they will edify the body. As a matter of fact, down later in that same chapter, around the 16th verse, it says, For from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of what? Itself in love. That's why the body is so important. And Brother Inman came up and asked me, he said, tell the ladies at, at Tuesday morning prayer, thank you, they sent me a card, and I appreciated it. Brother Tracy, last Sunday night, I believe it was, or whenever it was, talked about how important the body was, and the body, the body, the body, the body. What are you talking about? The body becomes where I, it gives me strength. That's why it's important what body I'm attached to. Amen. The body edifies itself. Now, the verse 15, I think it is, or 14, talks about the head, which is Christ. And yet, where does the strength come from? Every joint supplies and what is a joint? A connect point. Where two hard opposing things have to come together and connect. Oh Lord. Can I be a joint to bring some edification to the body? Can I be somebody that can just try to say, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those that, huh? 
Blessed is somebody that will edify itself in love. What are you talking about? There is some edification and strength from being in the body. I know. I, 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 I recognize. You know, you say, Lord, I want to be a lifter. I want to be a blesser. I want to have a blessing on my mouth. I want to have a blessing on my tongue. I want to encourage somebody. You say, well, that's not my personality. I'm Eeyore. I don't like to do that. Well, pray every day. God, help me to find something that I can be a blessing today for. I can encourage somebody. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but we have very little excuse today because we have these cell phones and we can send a little, you know, emoji, a smiley face, a thumbs up. Uh, huh? We don't even have to say a whole lot of words. Love you today, praying for you. Well, I know. I get it. I'm busy. Everybody's busy. I don't... I, oh, Lord, help me to be a lifter. Amen? Yeah. Fourth prayer, love. Of course, we know loving the Word of God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which you are called in one body, be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the Word dwell in us teaching, admonishing us, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. Another place says in Psalms, I word have I hidden my heart. Word, the word, the word, Lord, give me a word. Let me put it on. Let me hear a word. Let it, we've got apps that will read the word to you. I don't want to hear the word. I don't want to feast on the word. I don't want to dive into the word. That's the only thing that's going to keep me in this hour. <coughs> Heaven and earth will pass away, but the... And we gave out Bibles and we have Bibles and we have Bible apps and we have it all. Oh God, let me fill my mind with whatever all the talk show hosts are saying and whatever the reality show is and let me keep up with who's on what singing what song and the next stars born there's nothing wrong with any of those things if you're also getting some word going on Lord let me love your word then last but not least and that sense of lead Lord let me lead and I put here the next verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you're going to lead in faith and lead to faith, you're going to have to have the word. You can't lead in faith without the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Paul starts off that book to Romans and he said, I am a debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise, the unwise, the smart, the dumb. I, I owe everybody. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. For therein is a righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm here to tell you that I don't care what your background is. I don't care how you belong. You've been addicted. I don't care how long the devil's had you captive. We serve a God that is able to break every chain. I am not ashamed of the gospel of God. It is the power of God. Amen. 
You can walk out of here changed. You can walk out of here delivered. You can walk out of here in faith and go from faith to faith. You say, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm able. I don't know. You don't know what my family's like. You don't know how long I've been raised. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. I'm here to tell you that the grace of God is powerful enough to change every barbarian. I don't care what you, how barbarian, what, what you've done. God is able to fill. God is able to heal. If you want to come, I'm here to tell you, you can come and find forgiveness. You can find mercy. You can find the love of God. Paul said in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author, the author and finisher of our faith. What does that mean? He'll put the faith in you. You say, I don't have the faith. Let him author some faith in you. And then when he puts that little bit of faith there, he'll make it grow if you'll let him let it grow. If you'll say, Lord, I want to stay replenished. I want to stay full of your spirit. I'm telling you, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. <laughs> You want to know what they said at the end of the parable that Jesus told about the guy that had his servants and he called them in? What did he say at the end? He said to the first servant, Well done, thou good and hard working servant. You worked hard. What did he say? Well done, thou good and faithful. One place, he said, when he comes back, will he find one thing he's looking for? Faith. Faith. That means somebody that will just keep obeying, believing, believing it's God's able, believing God can do it, no matter what they go through. I'm here to tell you, God's able. God's able to do it. We don't, I don't know, King, whether we're going to come through this fiery furnace or not, but one thing we can tell you, I may not make it through this. But one thing I know is God is able. God's able. Oh, you don't know. You don't know how rough I feel. You don't know how bad I've been under attack. You don't know how long, how many times I've been hit upside the head. I, I get it. But let me tell you one thing I do know. God's able to step in in just a moment in a twinkling of an eye and transform everything that you're going through right now. Like that, he is able to do that. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. I, I hope you'll pray these prayers every day. I, I hope you'll see why that's important to pray them. And I know tonight I'm going to give out awards. Brother Josh Garza is going to speak. I have a great church. And I'm here to tell you deliverance is here today. The presence of God is here the Holy Ghost is here. Deliverance, sanctification, justification. I, whatever you're going through, I'm here to tell you God is able. Hallelujah. Yes. If you need the Holy Ghost, you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, the altar's open. The church is going to be coming down. You're welcome to join them as they come. They're coming right now to the front. We're just going to take a moment and worship the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, today is the day that you can say, Lord, I want you to be the author and finisher of my faith. 
Hallelujah.